Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Choose to Think podcast. Today, we will wrap up our series on overcoming roots of rejection and bitterness as inspired from Psalm 27. In part one of the series, you'll remember that I encouraged you to ask the Lord to reveal to you any areas in your life where you might be harboring woundedness and hurt due to rejection. In part two, I encouraged you to analyze exactly what you do to find comfort from the pain of rejection. And today, in part three, we will pick apart our thought life with a concrete example of exactly how we go about replacing toxic thoughts with life-giving, truthful thoughts from God's Word. We're going to put the feet on our faith, all right. I'm Victoria Walker, a 21st century Christian trying to do life God's way. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a lot to cover. Let's dive in. Psalm 27, a psalm of fearless trust in God. A Psalm of David The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life, whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will conceal me in His tabernacle. In the secret place of His tent, He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now, My head will be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. There is really only one thing that we need to do when we feel the sting of rejection. We must choose to think. We must renew our minds daily. We must train ourselves to take all of our thoughts captive. 
Now, this probably doesn't just apply to when we're feeling rejected. It's an overall way that we as Christians need to be characterized. And you see, over time, we can develop increasing sensitivity to thoughts that do not run parallel with what we believe or what we're taught as Christians from the Word of God. From Psalm 27, we can see declarations or truth statements that we should be making when we are struggling with any type of enemy attack. We have an up-close and personal view of an individual who loves God above anyone or anything else. Now, remember that this psalm was penned by David. And in David's life, he certainly dealt with rejection. David was the man after God's own heart. We're talking about David, that young shepherd boy who slew the giant Goliath. David, who fought the lion and the bear. David, who fled from King Saul. David, the king, who committed adultery, who murdered, who disobeyed, who fled from his own throne and his own son. David knew rejection and pain all right. Yet just look at how he handled himself in the psalm. David reminded himself that God was his defense and stronghold, his light and salvation. God was the lifter of his head. David encouraged his own soul by saying to himself, I will not fear. I will be confident. I will hope and trust God. I will offer sacrifices and sing with shouts of joy. I will seek God's face, his presence. I will dwell in his house, behold his beauty, meditate in his temple. I will believe that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. I will be strong and wait. And friend, even when thoughts came to David's mind that were contrary to what he knew and believed as truth, David stopped them in their tracks. When he gave way to feelings of insecurity, David asked God to take him up, to teach him, and to lead him, all to underscore David's faith in God and God alone. And that's exactly what we can do. The battle is really in our minds. We must choose to think. In part one of this series on rejection, I encouraged you to pray to God, asking Him to reveal to you if you have been harboring bitter roots of rejection in your heart and mind. I asked you to think about those times you've been wronged in your life or even abused. What did you find out? Then in part two, your quote, homework, was to analyze to whom or what you go for comfort. Do you go to friends or family members who tend to increase your self-pity, justifying your sinful self-focus? Sorry, I know that stings. I've been there. Or do you have some sort of sideline obsession to help you when you're hurting, such as emotional eating? Shopping, workaholism, drug addiction, pornography, inappropriate or behind-the-scenes chats with folks you shouldn't be chatting with. Yeah, I've been there too. Or when you are hurting and looking for relief, do you vent in fits of anger toward God, blaming Him for how He's running or even ruining your life? 
Or do you lash out at others in controlling and manipulative ways? Do you grovel in your pain, angrily cringing and grumbling about the issue or even the person? Do you spread gossip about that person who wronged you or that institution? Well, friend, what did you discover about how you seek to be comforted? What is your go-to? Okay, so for this week, I've got another challenge for you. If overcoming rejection and partnering with God to remove that bitter root lodged in your heart requires you to choose what to think about, we must know exactly what we are thinking about. Okay, that doesn't take a brain scientist to figure that out. Listen, considering the action item results or your homework from these last two weeks, why don't you this week record any and all thoughts you have that are contrary to what God says about you or that do not represent the truth of God's word and his identity and his character. Just spend about 10 to 15 minutes thinking about what you're thinking about regarding the issue that you isolated. What kind of thoughts might you record? Well, do you remember all those self-limiting thoughts and lies that we often tell ourselves when we're under attack or feel rejected that I mentioned earlier? They're thoughts like, I'm a failure. I'm less than. I'm all alone. Life stinks. I can't do it. Nobody likes me or desires me. You know, I don't have what it takes. By golly, I deserve better than this. This isn't fair. It's not right, God. After all I've done, I've tried my best and look where it's gotten me. Well, can you isolate any particular personal thoughts from your unique scenario? Write them down. Let's get to the bottom of why you are thinking the way you are thinking. Now, you may also remember that we discovered how bitter roots offer us a wonderful opportunity to discover exactly who or what is the number one love of our life, who or what is the number one priority in our life. Sometimes really wonderful things are seated on the throne of our hearts, like serving others in benevolent and philanthropic ways, missions, our work, church, our family. I mean, God is important to us, but he really isn't the top dog running the show. Let's not deceive ourselves. If you really want to have God as the number one love of your life, you will need to determine other loves that may be playing interference. Look at your offense, you know, the one that you've experienced, kind of when you felt rejected, to determine if you trust God, if you really trust him or not. Because if you trust him and are completely surrendered to his will, there is no manner of rejection that will get under your skin. When you are rejected or insulted, do you love your reputation and dignity and pride more than you love God? When you are fired from a job, do you love the identity and security that job offered you more than the identity and security that you have that are found in Christ alone? 
Boy, I did. <sighs> How you answered these questions will show exactly what or whom is the number one love of your life. That is who you are serving and bowing down to and even worshiping. In other words, do you love your identity in your job or in your service more than God? Do you find more security in your job and earning money than you do in the spiritual security that God offers you? Do you love harboring the wound more than you love or desire to be healed? Do you want to be healed? I know, friend, this is really hard to take. Yet we are called as Christians to suffer as Christ suffered. Just remember how he was rejected, rejected, and just remember exactly what he did with that rejection. There is a better response, Christian. You can stop that old tune in your head, those repetitive thoughts that are really bringing you down and are not productive. You can choose to run to the only stronghold that offers you lasting peace and comfort. Once you isolate those toxic thoughts and yank those thoughts out of your brain, all of this with God's help, of course, it is time to find truth leads to replace the void the roots of bitterness and rejection have left behind. And now for the nitty gritty. As an example, let me just take one toxic thought I had, or a little bit of a bundle, and explain to you how I chose to think differently, which has changed my life. Keep in mind that I, I have worked on this for months, literally. It takes a while to allow the truth leads to replace the toxic thoughts that you have. Now, According to neuroscientists, we can rewire our brain. There is so much hope for us to find lasting joy and peace that God offers to us. We have to choose to think. And that's the good news. We can do it. And let me be the first to tell you that the result is positively amazing, friend. If I can learn how to say goodbye to anger and bitterness, so can you. One toxic thought bundle that I kept agreeing with, replaying over and over and over again in my mind after I was dismissed from my job, and this I told you about in part two last week, was this, Victoria, you are not a valuable employee. And Victoria, nobody is willing to fight for you. Ugh. Even as I type these words, I hear that distant echo of the enemy's flute. Yeah, he's playing the dirge, even now, beckoning me to listen more carefully. The quote, nobody's willing to fight for you line can really stir up some pain for me. Folks, these are just outright lies. There is absolutely no benefit to me to partner with the enemy here and rehearse these lies, which are rooted in fear, anger, bitterness, and sadness. 
literally. What have I trained my brain to do? What do I choose to think when I hear that distant tune? I call in the Truth Orchestra to play their instruments a good deal louder. I simply recognize the old record thought and I say, stop, this is a lie. Essentially, I'm rebuking the enemy of my soul. The truth is that I am a valuable individual just as I am. Matter of fact, I am so valuable that God sent his son to die for me and to offer me forgiveness for my sins. I work for God now. I don't work for so-and-so or such-and-such business or institution. I work from a heart filled with God's love, not for a heart filled with fear that craves love and acceptance. I am already loved and accepted. God fought for me. He is the king of my heart. He never leaves me. He even sent his spirit to guide me in truth and his word to give light to the very next step I should take. Okay, so you're thinking, this is just all so heady. Yes, it is. I mean, can you think of a better way to do this? It does take time. It will take an investment on your part. Don't you see that our words and our thoughts are powerful? There is life and death in the power of our tongue. What words do you want to say? What thoughts do you want to think? Do you want to think thoughts and say words that bring death or life? Oh, gee, after I allow truthful thoughts to lead me in the proper direction, I make a mental note to confess to having believed the lies even for a second. And then I thank Jesus for his sufferings. He was rejected, but then made the chief cornerstone, the foundation. He is both the external corner where I can stand you know, my back against God, facing the enemy. And Jesus is also the internal secret, lovely inside corner and refuge where I can run and rest. My true identity is there in God and and in who God says I am. Jesus knew the sting of rejection perhaps better than anyone else, yet he did not reject He did not recoil in his pain. Jesus calls us to trust him in our pain and find lasting comfort with him. Not only do these truthful thoughts bring life to my spirit and help me to walk in a new direction, they influence my actions. I no longer look at that institution as the, quote, bad guy who wields all the power. No, I trust God that he just no longer wanted me there. He had better things in mind for me. He had a plan for me somewhere else, something for me to do, someone to influence, someone to help. Man, there is so much freedom when we simply trust God. 
This final step in the healing process, replacing those toxic thoughts with truthful ones, must be repeated daily for about three months. And then after that, the rest of your life, every single time that that old tune of rejection starts playing in your head, all right, it's constant work. Mind renewal is daily. And this is just one of the ways that we renew our minds. This is one of the ways that that we are able to exercise the mind of Christ. It works. I said goodbye to depression, anxiety, bitterness, anger, grudges once and for all. And you can too. These toxic emotions and mindsets will fade. They fade away over time. They lose power. And in their place, there is hope, trust, faith, peace, and a whole lot of love. Don't you think that this might influence how you do your life? Well, I trust God so much because after all, he has the big picture, right? The beginning and the end, that it no longer matters what external situations come my way. I can even say, bring it on, enemy. I am not playing on your team anymore. And then my outlook and attitude change to one of gratitude. Trust and gratitude are like peas in a pod. They're inseparable. So friend, let's recap. Only one thing is required of you when you are rejected. You must choose to think. Think about why you are wounded. Think about how you've dealt with that hurt or if you haven't dealt with it. Think about what destructive thoughts and lies you've told yourself regarding this area of rejection. And I would encourage you to get those all down on paper. This will set the stage for the healing that you desire. Then let your mind be softened as you remember your own sin and the times you've rejected others. Instead of justifying your anger and pride, remember just how much you have been forgiven. Allow the life of Christ to melt your heart. There is nothing that you are going through that he didn't experience. He knows your pain. The Spirit is our comforter, and boy, do we need Him if we expect to make it through this life without carrying baggage of bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness close to our chests or tucked away in some closet. Friend, choose to think. Rewire your brain. Develop a new thought strategy to overcome the depression that comes when we are bitter and resentful. Say no to those old lies. Choose melodies made of love, forgiveness, trust, and wisdom. Then you will know exactly what it really means to live in freedom. You've been given the mind of Christ. Exercise this great blessing. I know it's not easy, and you have to do it all the time. Literally, make a habit of this. Become characterized by this. And day after day, you will get well. You will receive the healthier after. You will be healed. And we are in this together to encourage each other, to remind each other of what it means to walk minute by minute in the love of Christ. Father, forgive us for rejecting you, rejecting your truth, and rejecting your comfort. Help us to resist the enemy who may come parading into our head with thoughts to defeat us, drain us, and draw us away from the corner we can run to in you. Help us develop a greater sensitivity regarding our thought life. Lead us with thoughts that are based on the truth of your word. You, after all, are the word, the truth, 
and the life. Remind us that we work for you in your vineyard. We are yoked to Christ. And in your vineyard, there is no lack of any good thing. Help us on our journey to choose to think. In his name we pray. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful for you. Check out the show notes below and please stay connected. Please rate, share, and write a review for me. Your words, oh, your words of encouragement are so valuable to me. I need you. Also, if you find these messages filled with hope and inspiration and encouragement, consider supporting this podcast via the listener support tab. I would really appreciate this. Connect with me on www.startwithagratefulheart.weebly.com. Start with a Grateful Heart on Facebook and Victoria D. Walker on Instagram. Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.